0: Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NABIP's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your healthcare happy hour. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening, and welcome back to Native's Healthcare Happy Hour podcast. This week, NABIP submitted a response to a Request for Information, or RFI, from the TRI agencies on coverage of over-the-counter preventive services. John Green, of course, is here to discuss those comments. But, in addition to that, NABIP Director of State Affairs Max Carlin is making his official podcast debut today. To discuss his experience attending the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, more commonly known as NAIC, last week. So, Max, welcome to the podcast. For those who have not yet had the pleasure, would you mind telling folks a little bit about yourself? Sure, Dan. Thank you
1: for having me. My name is Max Carlin. I'm the State Government Affairs Director at NABIP. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. And prior to joining NABIP, I worked at United Healthcare as a regulatory affairs analyst. And before that, I conducted state policy consulting at a firm in the
0: DC area. So last week, you attended the NAIC meeting alongside our CEO, Jessica Brooks Woods, and Jessica Waltman, a brilliant health policy consultant who is instrumental in our comment letter writing process, including the preventive care comments that John will discuss in just a minute. But before we get to that, would you mind talking about what the NAIC is and why Napit was present?
1: Sure. Uh, NAIC, as you mentioned before, is the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. It is a huge conference where state insurance commissioners, their staff, and people in the insurance industry get together to discuss pressing issues of the day. We attended the NAIC meeting for a number of reasons. First, it's a great opportunity to learn about industry trends so we can act proactively rather than reactively. And it was also an opportunity to increase visibility of NABA in the industry and to create a presence in the world
0: of NAIC. So CEO Jessica Brooks-Woods actually had the opportunity to speak during the conference. So what was that about and was it well-received?
1: Jessica's presentation was about the rising costs of health care. She discussed the impacts of rising costs on agents and brokers, as well as consumers, speaking about the true cost of care for consumers. She also discussed the crisis of underinsured Americans and the impact it has on health outcomes overall. Her presentation was very well received by the audience. Immediately when the meeting was over, she was swarmed by people trying to get to know her and learn more about NABEP.
0: Awesome. So, did you learn anything interesting at NAIC? Is there anything folks listening should take away from the meeting?
1: Yeah, it was very interesting to hear the perspective of other groups in the insurance industry, as well as other groups that we could potentially partner with going forward who have similar interests to us. I also liked hearing from CMS about Medicare marketing, where they did acknowledge the difference between agents and brokers and the Joe Namath call centers, which was encouraging. And we'll have to see how they apply that understanding going forward. I hope everybody listening knows that this is a big step for NABIP and our advocacy efforts going forward, as well as how impactful Jessica's presentation and presence was for NABIP's image and standing in the
0: insurance community. Great. That's all fantastic to hear. Thank you, Max. Now, moving on to our Preventive Care RFI response. So, we solicited feedback from several of our legislative working groups to craft these comments. So, John, what were the agencies looking for when they issued this RFI?
2: So, I think that their perspective is with regard to health equity and just, you know, potential discrimination that is out there. And so, I think that by loosening the, the rules around OTC, they think that they'll pro- provide better health care to people in underserved areas. And uh, I know that uh, that is a laudable goal. I think we all share that goal. But I think that there are some concerns with respect to how that might actually be implemented. Uh, it's, I think the employers uh, have raised a lot of uh, real concerns about this with respect to not only how um well specifically they some feel that there should be an actual list of what are the otc drugs ahip for example felt that contraceptive drugs should be the very first to undergo this transition but there are reimbursement issues here there are concerns about fraud and abuse such as purchasing a number of drugs and then selling them on a secondary market so I think there are some legitimate issues raised uh, with respect to this uh, rule. And, you know, hopefully the agency will take some of those in consideration before, you know, moving headlong into opening up that space because, you know, we are concerned about premiums, right? And we don't want costs to go up for employers and for employees.
0: The RFI puts a few ideas out there. They, We're asking about data to utilize. We're looking at requirements to cover these products without cost sharing. So what were our comments to the agencies in this regard?
2: So we know that OTCs are actually rarely covered as preventive products without a prescription. And so that makes utilization data scarce. Uh, regarding plans to cover these products without cost sharing or requiring an RX, this would pose operational challenges. If plans and insurers were required to cover OTC preventive products without cost sharing, then NABIP anticipates that plans and issuers will want to impose medical management techniques by limiting individual purchasers to online or mail order fulfillment. So, you know, I think that they'll actually be pushback. On that again, for based on the original intent of trying to remove barriers to OTC access, so there's a lot here to, it's it's a lot more than just meets the eye relative to you know oh it's it's over the counter so that should make it pretty simple but it can get complicated really quick.
0: And if folks are interested in reading more, the RFI response is included in this week's Washington update and in the comment letters section of our website. So moving on to Congress, we talked a little bit about what the end of the year might look like last week. So do you have any congressional news to share before we conclude today's episode?
2: Yes, just a couple of things. One is that the Lower Costs, More Transparency Act is moving to the floor of the House of Representatives next week. Right now, that is the plan. Unfortunately, the HSA legislation that passed out of Ways and Means is unlikely to move. And in part because they don't know what the Senate will do with that. They don't wanna send a quote tax shell over to the Senate without a commitment as to what would it would include and in a commitment on HSA. And so I think that they are and until they get a more affirmative response from the Senate on the HSA legislation, they're not going to send that over uh, right now. You may have also heard in the news, Mr. McHenry from North Carolina. And today, Kevin McCarthy, former Speaker of the House, has announced that he is not returning either. In fact, that he is resigning at the end of this year. So, next week is right now the last legislative week on the calendar. But I'm already hearing rumors that it could extend for another week uh, beyond that or sometime after next week. But whenever that is, former Speaker McCarthy intends to resign from the House of Representatives. So they're they're leaving themselves now two votes short uh, because of the action that they took against Representative Santos from New York. And now with Kevin's vote not available to them, their margins are even smaller. And as you know, they have some heavy lifts next year. So I think that they have some agreement on NDAA, which is a defense-related bill, and on the Support Act, which is an opioid legislation that provides a lot of services and supports on opioid abuse, that they'll extend that. But that's it in the way of healthcare and everything else will be largely kicked over into next year. I think that the telehealth is safe through 24, but, you know, everything is getting kicked into next year.
0: It is now time for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So who are we toasting to this week?
2: This week, we're toasting to Max Carlin, who has just jumped right on in there and did a great job at NEIC. He made a lot of connections with people and organizations I think will be helpful to us going forward. Also, I think we should also toast to our agents and brokers who just completed the AEP and Medicare. Well done.
1: Cheers. Cheers.
2: Thank you for joining
0: us for NABIP's Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. For more information on NABIP's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit nabip.org.